Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On August 25, 1945, John Birch is killed in the Far East. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. Before his name became synonymous with anti-communist extremism, John Birch was John Birch, a missionary, army officer, and agent of the Office of Strategic Services, who was killed in China on this date in 1945. Born to missionary parents in India in 1918, Birch came of age in Georgia. Staunchly anti-communist, he joined the army and the OSS, the forerunner of the Central Intelligence Agency. And on this date in 1945, Soon after the end of World War II in the Pacific, Birch was killed by Chinese communists. In death, he would shape generations of American conservatives. In 1958, in a two-day meeting in Indianapolis, the Massachusetts candy manufacturer Robert Welch founded the John Birch Society, which believed itself to be engaged in an end-time struggle between good and evil. Of Birch, Welch wrote, With his death and in his death, The battle lines were drawn in a struggle from which either communism or Christian-style civilization must emerge, with one completely triumphant and the other completely destroyed. The Birchers represented a type of political belief that has persisted through the ensuing decades. In the spring of 1954, the historian Richard Hofstetter delivered a lecture as part of the American Civilization Program at Barnard College. The piece was later published in the American Scholar as the Pseudo-Conservative Revolt. Hofstetter argued that the right was now animated not by a classical understanding of conservatism, a recognition of the limits of human reform, and a skepticism about far-reaching public initiatives, but by a mindset that was, in its way, as expansive as the liberal hope of progress. He called this strain pseudo-conservatism, writing, Who is the pseudo-conservative and what does he want? It is impossible to identify him by class, for the pseudo-conservative impulse can be found in practically all classes in society, although its power probably rests largely upon its appeal to the less educated members of the middle classes. The ideology of pseudo-conservatism can be characterized but not defined, because the pseudo-conservative tends to be more than ordinarily incoherent about politics. The lady who, when General Eisenhower's victory over Senator Taft had finally become official, stalked out of the Hilton Hotel declaiming, this means eight more years of socialism, was probably a fairly good representative of the pseudo-conservative mentality. Hofstetter went on, 
The restlessness, suspicion, and fear manifested in various phases of the pseudo-conservative revolt give evidence of the real suffering which the pseudo-conservative experiences in his capacity as a citizen. He believes himself to be living in a world in which he is spied upon, plotted against, betrayed, and very likely destined for total ruin. He feels that his liberties have been arbitrarily and outrageously invaded. He is opposed to almost everything that has happened in American politics for the past 20 years. He hates the very thought of Franklin D. Roosevelt. He is disturbed deeply by American participation in the United Nations, which he can see only as a sinister organization. He sees his own country as being so weak that it is constantly about to fall victim to subversion. And yet he feels that it is so all-powerful that any failure it may experience in getting its way in the world, for instance, in the Orient, cannot possibly be due to its limitations, but must be attributed to its having been betrayed. So wrote Richard Hofstetter. We're living even now in a conspiratorial age, one that requires a grasp of the past if we are to confront the wages of such forces in the present. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. Be kind to your mind with guided meditations from the Meditation for Women podcast. Your mental health benefits from sleeping better, releasing anxiety, and gaining clarity, all of which are benefits of meditation. And since this is Mental Health Awareness Month, give yourself the gift of meditations. All you have to do is press play and close your eyes. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.